Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, Vol Nation. Welcome to another episode of Believe in Tennessee Football. I'm your host, as always, Kyler Kerbison with Reed Bacon. It is officially game week. So excited. Uh, me and Reed give our predictions for the entire season, what we think the Vols are going to be at the end of it, how we think this Bowling Green game is going to go, what we're going to see out of this offense and this defense. We also call out a couple players we're going to be watching. Who to watch on defense, who to watch on offense, why we want to see them, what we want to see out of them, uh, and pick who we think is going to win the SEC. So jam-packed podcast, super excited, and uh, let's jump into it. The game. Snap, the kick is in the air, and the kick this time is no, sir, Reed. No, sir. Reed, final score, Tennessee 20, Florida 17, pandemonium reigns. Looks, loads up, fires long for the end zone, the pass is going to be caught by Tennessee. Tennessee wins! by Tennessee, Jawan Jennings. Jennings makes the catch in the end zone on the Hail Mary. Down at the 35, to the 40, to the 45, to the 50, to the 45, to the 40, to the 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. What did he do? All he did was score. Joey Pence, touchdown on play number one. All right, so before we jump into the podcast, got to shout out our presenting sponsor, as always, betonline.ag. You know it, I've said it, every podcast, it's the place to go for any of your betting on any sport, anything out there. They got all the news, the stats, the odds that you were looking for. Heck, they got stuff on gold medal uh, things that are going on in the Olympics, um, baseball that's in full swing, golf, everything. So if you know, you're looking to bet on anything, that's the place to go. So uh, you you know sign up online or use your mobile device and get a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Uh, so that's BetOnline.ag. So before the next tip off, face off, or pitch, head on over to BetOnline.ag today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, got to shout out a new sponsor. Uh, balance seven so it is a, a ph balancing alkaline supplement that you know just helps boost you earn your energy helps keep you hydrated all that kind of stuff it's uh you know something that you can really use when you're working out when you're trying to get healthy um so it's perfect it's awesome uh so cool thing is we've got a promotion running with balance seven right now where if you go to their website, balance7.com, and use the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout, you'll receive a free four-ounce bottle of My Smooth Skin with any purchase of Balance 7 products. Uh, that product retails for $13.99, so I'd say it's worth it. Uh, again, head to balance7.com and use the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout, and get in on the promotion. I know I will. Twas the night before game day, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a little Reed Bacon. How are we doing? No, there, I'm Reed? stirring, baby. I was stirring. Let's go. I'm going to be, by the time you guys are watching this, I'll be in nailing freaking. I'm hoping with 100,000. I'm hoping, and I'm hoping we're going nuts, and I'm going to be there. And I'll fire the freak up. I Heck hey, yeah. and I should say, you got your Tennessee stuff on. I was gonna wear my Tennessee stuff, but I had to go Knoxville Catholic. It's 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 high school football season. We're one <laughs> It's high school football season before it's college football season. Is that what you're trying to say? Bingo. Yeah, yeah. Catholic had a huge win last week, so it's good for them. We're um, all Chucky Dope, but Catholic does have a very tough schedule this year, so we'll see what happens. That's very true. So before we actually get into any of the topics we're going to talk about, 
I really honestly wanted to shout out our growing fan base. The past two podcasts we've put out have hit huge numbers for us comparatively. Um, a lot of YouTube listens and watches. And I, I mean, I just want to say thanks. Like, thank you guys for paying attention to, for watching, for liking what we're doing, for commenting on, on, on the YouTube. It, like I'm the one who answers all of those. So I, you know, I get a beer, I sit down at the computer and I just, you know, type away and answer all those questions you guys might have or comments and just say, thank you. And I appreciate it. Um, and it, it's just awesome to see, honestly, like there, there were a lot of, a lot of this when I was doing it by myself that, you know, I was getting 30 listens and, you know, 10 of them were my mom. So it's like, now I just like really appreciate everyone out there and just, you know, just thinking that we do a good job. Like I, I'm just blown away about the support. So just want to get, just want to say that right off the bat. Yeah. You didn't tell me you're going to say that. And I love that you did because I, I wanted to say the same thing. Like it's incredible. I still feel, I still really enjoy doing this. I, I look forward to it. It's a blast. It's fun. Um, I didn't care how many listens or views we were getting because it was just me and you talking shop like we were regularly doing. We were just recording it now. Um, it's been amazing to see. And it's funny you talked about that you try to re respond to all those comments and stuff. Um, because sometimes I want to be like, I, I'm, I, I try to be very like thorough and be like, hey, thank you very much. Like we do really appreciate it. And that's from the bottom of my heart. Like I'm not BS and like, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's insane to think that people want to listen to us talk. But then I'll see you be like, message back and be like, appreciate it. And I want to be like, Kyler, like, write these people a novel. Tell them how much we appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, then, and then the other thing I want to say is I was going to respond to some of those. And I saw this Reed kid knows how to ramble on and, and uh, shut him up or some of this different stuff. And the funny thing is, it's like, we, you said it today on your radio hit with Josh and, and Heather. It's like, we'll take all criticism. And the funny thing is, we finished up that day, and I said, Kyler, I don't think that's one of our better podcasts. I said, I think I'm better when I have my notes, when I'm on Zoom compared to just sitting with you, because when I'm sitting, it really is just us shooting the, shooting the stuff. But this, I feel more locked in, not ramble as much. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, hey, we, 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 we are the first one to criticize ourselves, so we know when we mess up. No, yeah, literally it was, I mean, right after we got done with those last two, you were like, I'm rambling. Like I'm rambling too much. I need to let you talk more. And then one of the comments is like, this guy goes on and on. And I, I just thought it was hilarious. That's why I commented. I was like, I'll tell him to shut up next time. Thanks. <laughs> it was a, it was a great kickback. Yeah. We, we, well, yeah. Ariel had come over my girlfriend and we were wrapping up. You're about to drive back to Nashville and we're talking and all. And I just, yeah, I looked at you. I said, man, that, that wasn't my best. Like, I don't like that. I wish we could record. We couldn't, we, we just couldn't do it. And, uh, but yeah, we're going to try to always be better. Yes, so. obviously. Like how the, how the heck are you going to get more people following or listening or enjoying if you're not taking that criticism? Um, I know the production value wasn't great. And that's because I only have one mic. Reed doesn't have a mic. So it sounds better now because I'm the only one using it. And the camera was at a weird angle. It's hard to get like the zoom perfect where it's not blurry. Um, I've got it down pack where I sit right here. Yes, so, there's no, no, I, dude. First off, I don't know how many people were being serious or trolling. I thought it looked great. Heck, like I was pumped. I thought it. I thought it looked good. I thought it came out good. Just two dudes talking in a living room. Yeah, I mean, the, literally the 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 way I figured out how to make a YouTube video is YouTubing how to do it. Like, yeah. <laughs> like how to do iMovie. Like that's how I figured it out. So obviously I want it to be the best possible, but it is just me trying to figure it out. So, um, but yeah, I, like I commented, you know, more views, more clicks, more comments, more money, more production value. So if we can get all those numbers up, we're going to, you know, rise up the ranks, man. 
we got to we got to take down those other pods. We got to we got to take over. Pardon my take over at Barstool. Be the number one sports. Okay, pod calm, out there. Calm, okay, calm down. Calm down. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even want to. I don't even want to joke about that because I don't want people to think that's actually what it is. Because like we're not idiots. No. Like no, 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 no. If we could and just like, be, if we could just be the top in the top five or top three of where people go for Tennessee stuff, that'd be incredible. I would love that. Absolutely, yeah, be amazing. So, and I don't want you to come to me for news. Don't do that. Come <laughs> over here for entertainment, for a good time, and for a breakdown of what is really happening. Because I've experienced it. I've been there. Reed's been in the college football atmosphere. So it's just that's what we bring to the table. I'm never going to break any news to you at all. We could most- care less. We could care less that freaking Walter Nolan said today he released his top three and then – he says, but his recruitment's wide open, and that he'll make an announcement when he gets eleven thousand. These kids are seventeen-year-olds. Like, this is, <laughs> it's insane. Like, we're not gonna be tweeting that stuff out for you. No, he just wants those follow that follower count. Obviously, even if he gets eleven thousand, he's not gonna say what he where he's going. He, I mean, now followers is money for these guys. Like, it matters how many followers you have. You get a better, uh, you know. NIL deal. deal. Yeah, yeah, NIL deal when you're talking to a company and saying, like, hey, I have 11,000 versus, hey, I have 2,000. They're like, 2,000 people? That's all you can interact <laughs> with? Like, no thanks. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of, freaking Walter Nolan could get 11,000. I'm still stuck at, like, 2,800. Like, what is this? Hey, and you know what? You, were, you, you already were an all-SEC player. And he hasn't done anything for Tennessee yet. So, you know what? That's what Whatever. I'm saying. So, everybody, if he goes somewhere else, unfollow him and follow me. There you go. Bingo. That's what that's what needs to happen. All right. While well, I'm eating my dinner here. Uh, yes. Uh, Reed, you're jump. so freaking rude. And I can't <laughs> wait for someone to say it in the comments. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to start with Bowling Green. Uh, this is what we're going to do for the show tonight. So, one – we're going to talk about its first game. This is what we've all been waiting for. It's Bowling Green. Uh, it's When you're watching this, the game's tomorrow. Uh, it's about a week away from when we're recording. Um, Kyler's not pumped about it, but I do feel like I want to give a little small background on Bowling Green. I do find <laughs> it I, – I, I do – I honestly find it interesting. Um, and then we're going to jump into what we're expecting and what we want to see from Tennessee. And then we're going to go into what players to watch – uh, we're not going to give you the obvious Joe Milton or whatever. We get that. And then we're going to finish up with our East, uh, SEC East and SEC West predictions. Yeah. So, you know, I know <laughs> Reed said like, hey, we should talk about Bowling Green and what's, you know, what to expect and what we're going to have. And in the later games, we definitely will. The SEC games that we're talking about, we're going to, we're going to discuss, you know, when we play Florida, what did Florida look like the week before? Who, like, what have they been throwing out there? All that kind of stuff. With Bowling Green, it's Bowling Green. I'm just like, we're 30-plus point favorites. All right, Pruitt. All right, Pruitt. Don't be sleeping on Georgia State, my guy. Listen, hey, as long as we got the fundamentals taken care of, we're going to be all right. But in no way am I going to be like, hey, this senior quarterback for Bowling Green, he's going to throw for 5,000 yards this year. Like, all right. Well, if we if we start losing like we were losing to Georgia Georgia State, I'll come out of the stands and I'll take over play calling or I'll just strap up at middle linebacker and just ruin some people. So you're going you're gonna to kick Juwan Mitchell off the field? Hey, Juwan. It's it's read time. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> uh, exactly. Go back to the right. fake UT. Go back to the fake UT. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, give us some info then, uh, Mr. Football Connoisseur, about just, Bowling Green. No, I just thought it was interesting because uh, – so Taylor Brown, who we had on uh, multiple podcasts back, uh, he is the director of football ops at Western Kentucky. He's been at, like we said, Notre Dame, Bowling Green is actually where he went to school. He's worked Indi- at Indi- uh, Indi- Indiana. In, yeah, Indiana. So he's been around college football and, and decent size college football. I was like, Taylor, I knew Bowling Green was going to be a 
I was like, I thought it'd be a decent game for us. But when the spread came out, it was 33. I was like, what the heck happened to Bowling Green? I was like, we played them, um, what, your senior year or your junior year? That was my senior year at Neyland. Yeah. And and you even like, said, like, it was a close game. But, like, yeah. I remember playing it and thinking in my head, at no time was I nervous at all. No, I know, but it was a respectable game. Decently respectable. Like, I mean, okay. it was probably like a 17, 18-point favorite. You guys were maybe 21. I don't remember. I remember watching it and getting fired up for 77 out there, freaking shot-blocking people's kneecaps out. And uh, and uh, and I say that because of the picture I have is literally you having an awesome shot-block for AK. But, um, but, yeah, I'm like, Taylor, 33 points. He's like – and I was like, what happened? Because Bowling Green – I mean, people forget – they had Urban Meyer. Like, that's where he started. It was like a good stepping stone program, kind of how, like, Arkansas State's been for everywhere you time you look at Arkansas State, they're good, and then someone moves on, whether it's Hugh Freeze, Gus Malzahn, whatever. Um, and so I was like, okay, you got Urban Meyer. But then more recently, it was Dave Clawson. Dave Clawson did a heck of a job there. And then it goes from Dave Clawson to Dino Vapors. And it's like, all right, well, Dino, like, he's at, um, I guess, Syracuse now. And I was talking to Taylor. I said, what happened? He said, Dino came in. He did not recruit at all. He won off of all. He knew he was going to be a stepping zone. He didn't recruit hardly at all like Dave Clawson did. He won with Dave Clawson's players. And then he dipped out to Syracuse. This is what's crazy. The, the athletic director that they had just brought in at this time a couple years back was, I don't know where he'd actually come from. He hires a guy for Bowling Green to be the head coach of Bowling Green, who was a running backs coach at Texas Tech, who, hold on, had no head coaching experience and had somewhat recently come from the high school level. So, like, you're thinking, like, Bowling Green's decently respectable, and they go from Dave Kloss and Dino Vapors to a guy named Mike Jinks. And I'm all for I'm all for somebody getting their, their, their chance because you don't know until you give them a chance. But a guy who'd been a, in high school a bunch – and then he'd only been a running back coach like for two years at Texas Tech or whatever it was. And he may have had a, some college experience before that, but I'm saying his most recent before taking over. And he didn't recruit, and it was a whole mess up. That athletic director who hired him leaves to go be a CEO of some big company, and they have to fire him. So now they have Scott Loafer or Loafler. I can't even read my own handwriting because I was scratching down. So it's like the program has just been in complete shambles ever since, you know, Dave and Dino Babers left. So yeah. that's just what I thought was interesting. That's why he, how they have fallen off to be 33-point dogs to, you know, a Tennessee team that's down. I mean, the epitome of it, and I, I don't remember if I said this. No, I think we were just talking about it. It's like we're 33-point favorites over Bowling Green while Alabama's 33-point favorites versus us. It's like that shows you exactly how low on the totem pole Bowling Green is where, like, they are to us as we are to Alabama. Um, they were literally – I think they were literally ranked, like, one of the worst teams in uh, FBS. And I, and I kind of wish we were playing someone a little bit better. Like, if Pitt was first game, that would be so live. It'd be going nuts in there. But, hey, you know what? I'm fine with Bowling Green. Like, let's get our confidence. Let's get some stuff under our feet first. So, I'm fine with I, it. I, yeah, I love that this is the first game because, like you just said, confidence – get all those mistakes out of the way, then go on to Pitt and be able to perform. Because if Pitt was first, it would have been bad. Like it, it, like it would not have looked the way it's supposed to look. And this is a game that we can really bring in like the second string guys that they can get reps and be able to add depth where we need it. Like especially the positions that rotate a lot, like defensive line, wide receiver, like those positions, we need depth. That's most important there. And like understanding like, okay, now I know this guy can step up and be able to perform when he needs to. Ties us in perfectly to basically number two. That's my Bowling Green preview. It's over. We, we did our three-minute Bowling Green preview. I just – it was just funny to me how, the, how they drastically fell off. But I want to tie that into what we expect from UT. You kind of just said what you expect or what you – I'm not going to say what we expect, what we hope to see, what, what we I hope want. Yeah, to. like So you want to see twos get in. We want to see some rotation. We want to see – continue. What else do you want to see? Yeah, so it's like 
obviously everyone wants to see the starting quarterback. Thanks for that crunch. He's Reed is still eating. Um, everyone wants to see the starting quarterback. We're going to see Joe Milton as a starter. That will be great. If we go up by, you know, 28 points in the first half and then he gets sit, it's like, okay, you're like, your day's over. What happens after that? Like what, like what happens after the one O line goes out? What happens after the one D line goes out? What, you know, who, who is able to step up? And because we talked about it on our previous podcast, like we thought there was a drop off, especially on the defensive line from ones to twos. We thought there was a drop off in the offensive line from ones to twos. You know, like there's a few positions where there's depth issues. Linebacker, for instance, there's depth issues. So like really. Which is funny. Most- well, don't want to interrupt you, but which is funny because I just heard. I think Tim Banks or the linebackers coach just say they feel so much better about the depth than they did in spring. <laughs> well, of course you do. I know, I know. Like, yeah, it's a lot better, but it's not perfect. Right. There's there still needs to be – there's bodies. There's more bodies, yes, but the talent of those bodies is what is the concern. Now, if I can get some guys reps out on the field in a real game in front of fans and – you know, be able to get that in them that experience. Well, I think it's yeah. also good for putting some stuff on film so we can go back and watch and say, how, like you said, how this guy react in live bullets. Exactly. So, with that, I want to talk about, you know, two guys that we're looking at for this game that we, you know, and you can determine however you want. This is, hey, this guy's going to have a great game. Or, hey, this is who I want to have a great game. Or this is who I'm going to look for. And if he does have a good game, then we're going to win. Like, those kind of things. We'll do this each week and just talk one guy on offense, one guy on defense. And, you know, point them out. Say what we think. Say what we want to see out of them. Um, And I think it'll just give people, when they're watching, you're not just going to watch the ball the entire time. Because that's kind of what you fall into as a fan as a former player, as, you know, someone who's watched it through a film standpoint, you start to get in, you don't watch it the same way. You don't watch the ball. You watch your position. Like I'm always looking at the offensive line first and then the ball second. So that kind of stuff, maybe we can rub that off on you fans where you're like, Oh, I didn't think of it that way. Um, because I mean, there's times I'm watching a game with my mother-in-law and she gets annoyed with me because I'll call something out that happened and she'll be like, how the heck do you see that? I'm like, well, cause I'm watching like, that's, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> Dude, my dad and I, my dad and I have a great relationship. He's incredible. I love him to death. But the one time we will argue is if I am watching a game with him and I'm sitting there and I'm rocking that rewind and fast forward and stuff, cause there's something I will see and I want to watch it again. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Where did that guy shoot from? Why, why is he in our backfield? Like, did someone miss or yeah. was it an assignment? Or what? And then, or I'll be like, oh my gosh, like everyone wants to see the great catch again. Hell, they're going to show us that. I, I don't need to rewind for that. I want to see the little things. Like, I remember a couple of years ago, we were playing UAB, and UAB had this nose guard who was a freaking like f- uh, fire plug or whatever it's called. And I was like, fire hydrant. Yeah, fire hydrant. I was like, this guy is a freaky fire hydrant. I, I swear he was like 6'1, like 340. And he was, he was pretty <laughs> active, had pretty good hands. He literally didn't even make the play, or maybe he kind of caused it. And it was like, he beat our lineman and got around. And I was like, oh my gosh, who is that big fella? And I'm like, <laughs> rewinding it to watch that. And my dad's like, Reed, leave the game present. So it's so funny that, like, because I do want to rewind it. See, see the different teams. See where people are coming from. See who's being blocked where. See, I, you can't really see what the quarterback's looking at, but you get what I'm saying. I love to rewind and watch that type of stuff. Yeah, for sure. So I don't know. Do you want to go first? Do you want to touch on, you know, maybe defensive player first, who uh, you might be looking for? I don't care. You can go first if you want. I don't. I don't. It doesn't really bother me. Of course. Uh, as you can tell, we're very organized here. Um, yeah, so defensive player, I've obviously, you know, I've talked about Byron Young so much about how much I love him, how much 
you know, I want to see him succeed. I think he's awesome. He's a great player. It's freaking rocked up. He's just like everything that I want out of a defensive end. Great. But that's not the guy that I'm going to be watching. The guy that I'm going to be watching is Jay Blakely, who's the backup, number 48. He is the one that I want to be watching. He's the one that I want to see something from because Byron's a great player. He's going to be a great player, but they're going to use him more as a linebacker also. They're not just going to put him at DN. They're going to have him covering people. They're going to have him on special teams probably because he is such a great player. And like we said, the defensive line is a unit where we felt like there's this level at the one spot, and then there's another level underneath. I need that second level to step up. I thought there were flashes when we went to practice that I saw 48, and I was like, okay, like that was – that wasn't a bad move. Like that was, that was pretty good. Like I, I see what you were going for there. I see what you were doing. So I want to be able to watch him see him in real game, you know, real, just unknown. You don't know what the play is going to be. You got to react off of it. See how he plays, see if he can get a stop for us, get a sack uh, and just show that, okay, we got, we got some depth. We're going to be okay if a Byron Young or a Tyler Barron is tired, can't go right now, needs to take a break, or God forbid, rolls an ankle, gets hurt, anything like that. So that is what I'm going to be looking for while I'm watching. And I'll knock on wood there. Okay. <clears throat> My turn for defense? Yes, sir. I have two. I'm sorry. I don't That's not word. allowed. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I will definitely be on the lookout for also a potential rotation guy for defensive line, and I want to see Latrell Bumpus. And I want to take this minute to – it is so funny reading the comments, reading all the other news, hearing the players that are being talked about, and it's like so many different players that I'm like, bro, I don't even remember seeing them at practice, like – I mean, I just don't think people understand how fast things are moving. And even like we're as close, we were standing as close as coaches and we still couldn't find certain people or whatever. Like things were just moving so fast. And I still regret that I didn't stand behind you standing, you stand with the offensive line. I should stand behind the defensive line um, when it came to some of those drills. But like, because um, there's guys that people are talking about, I'm like, yeah, I don't even remember even like noticing or seeing them or, or whatever the case may be. and like Well, that's go, the thing, too, is, like, this is a completely different team than it was last year. I mean, with how many guys we had leave and come in, it's it, it, it's honestly, like, mind-blowing how, like, how completely different this team is. Right, but I'm just listening to the radio, and it's like I, – and I completely forgot about, like, Big Omari Thomas from um, – or Big O, as they call him, from, from Memphis. Yeah, I think he's, like, a four-star guy, freshman last year. And even someone in the YouTube comments asked about him, I'm like, yeah. Like, did I just not – like, I don't remember seeing him. Like, what was the deal? So, you know, guys like that. But my guy, I want to see Latrell Bumpus because he did stand out to me a little bit at practice. I did notice. So, I want to see him rotation. And this is more of a cliche choice. But I want to see Elante Taylor because of what's expected of him. When him and Bryce Thompson came in, it was like, oh, we got our corners for the next three years, and then they're both going to leave early and go to the NFL or, or stay four years and get drafted. Because Elante looks – he has everything, but he still leaves a lot to be desired with his play. I mean, he's got the leadership. He, could, he can talk the talk. He can get everybody fired up. He can bring, like, you know, he's hard-nosed. But, like, I got to see him cover some people and not get beat deep and – not be, you know, getting flags because he's handsy. So, like, I will catch myself watching him a lot because I want to see how he plays um, yeah. because of what's expected from him or what on what on paper, what he could be on paper. But he, I don't think he's ever necessarily lived up to that. So, those are my two for, for defense um, and, and then kind of like, you know, what I, what I want to see. I like that. I, I... – I agree with what you're saying, especially with Elante. Like, I was so fired up. I remember the beginning of the season last year to watch him and just the attitude he brought out there. And and you can – like, he has, like, 
the body for a really good corner, long and lanky, and he's physical. And it's like, those are kind of things that you don't always get in corners. Like a lot of corners don't want to hit and he does. So yeah, I, I felt disappointed. And I don't know if that was, you know, because the season in and of itself was so bad, but I think, yes, he is one of the older guys with more playing experience where it's like, okay, you have to be a leader on this defense with all the new faces that are on this defense. Like you have to step up as a leader. And I really want to see that out of him. So I, I like, well, the I other like thing, that the, choice. the other thing, the other thing is too, Kyler, that boy's got a lot of, a lot of behind him. You don't go play well. then that means you just showed up to sec media day or whatever, or having a chance to be all sec preseason. And you don't even finish the season as a starter because of whether it's, um, you know, you got Kenneth George and Warren Burrell, and then you got the two transfer twins and and uh in Kamal Hayden and um and Brandon from Alabama. I love Brandon too. Like just for practice, I thought he was better than than Kamal, but um I don't think he's got a lot of room for for mess up because they just they need you know what I mean? Yeah. So but anyways, those are my two. What about for you for offense? So on the offensive side, I was thinking about this a little bit and like didn't know if I wanted to go offensive line right away. I mean, obviously, like I can give more insight into that as a former offensive lineman. But the one thing that got me concerned from practice and something that I thought needs to be addressed is uh, Tyon Evans, the running back, the transfer, like he seemed to not know what was going on. There were times in practice watching individual drills of the running backs, watching them, you know, kind of go through the footwork that they need to for handoffs, for blitz pickup, for, you know, just understanding what's going on where he's behind. There's, there's other guys that are picking it up that are understanding what's going on and, and not him while, you know, him coming in was such a a good get for us because we did lose running backs this year. It was like, okay, we got a guy with some experience um, who can come in who's older, you know, be mature. And I just didn't see that in practice. So this game, like I know he's going to get reps this game. There's no way he's not. He's going to be one of the starters. I don't think he'll start. I think small will start. I think Jabari small will start. I think Tyler will rotate in, but I'll tell you what, I'm going to be screaming at my TV the first blitz pickup and he misses the linebacker. I'll tell you that. And, and that's the kind of stuff where it's like, listen, bud, like if you're going to do that, you're out. Like you got to get out. We got other guys that can come in and do their job and maybe they won't break it 25 yards, but they'll get a decent four. And that's better than getting, you know, the 25, but then also giving up a 15-yard sack. So I remember I remember you talking about that. I remember you pointing it out of practice or coming up and telling me about it. And it's so funny because everything that you hear media-wise is how much the coaches like him and how him and Jabari Small are going to be 1A, 1B, split in time. And then uh, I guess Jalen Wright's kind of like right behind them. And then the rest, it's kind of, you know, whatever – and people are expecting a lot of him in the coaches. It's not just like media people, but like coaches are like talking about him highly. So that leads me to believe that they're probably not worried about his blitz pickup or understanding him and grasping stuff. But you have to trust your eyes and what you saw. So I get that. Like you saw that at practice as an ex player, that as an ex player and offensive lineman. It's like, yo, I can't have some behind me. That's going to get my quarterback drilled. So I get it. So I'll be watching that too. But, you know, I just, I think it, you know, it could, it could look bad if he goes out there and gets eight, you know, 17 touches and 120 yards, a couple of touchdowns. It's like, what are you talking about, Kyle? No, 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 no. Listen, listen, if, if he does that, I'll be very happy. Thank goodness. He was able to grasp whatever he needed to grasp, but there are little stuff that goes on in a game that even if he does, I have 170 yards that you guys didn't notice that, 
hey, guess what? He had a 20-yard run. Hey, what do you mean, went- you guys? What do you mean, you guys? Come on now. <laughs> I, I would still notice it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. But, like, a guy can go for 20 yards, but, uh, like, a 20-yard run, and literally did not hit the hole. Like, right. he bounced it, even though the hole was huge, and he could have gone for 80. He went the wrong way and went for 20. Like, that stuff happens. It happened when I played where you're watching film and you're looking at the running back like what like what do you see here because there's an obvious hole and you just missed it so it can still happen where he has a great game and there's still mess ups so take it with a grain of salt but if he does have a great game I'm going to be very happy that he has a great game I'm not going to be upset about that I think it's a good sign that he's able to but that's why I'm saying I saw something that concerned me. I'm hoping for the best, and I'm going to watch him specifically because I saw something. And if he steps up to the plate and does what he needs to do, I'm going to be very excited for Pitt game, for Florida game, Tennessee Tech, all moving forward and what he can bring to the table throughout the season. Agreed. And I think that's a very valid point. I'm just giving you a hard time, but we will definitely watch the game as a whole. Um, and see how, how he does and if he has any missteps or anything like that or missed block pickups or whatever. And, hell, there might be some mess-ups that we don't even know about. If he runs the wrong route or something like that that we wouldn't know by just not watching film. But um, my player to watch on offense is Joe Milton. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, um, I'm going to go offensive line. I guess I've been hanging out with you. And it's because – yeah. It's, it's all because a couple things. First off, I trust our receivers. Um, I don't necessarily trust our quarterbacks, but I trust Heupel. So we'll, we'll, hopefully we'll be fine. But I always say it, and I'll say it every podcast, offensive, defensive lines where the game's won and lost a lot of the times, unless you just have some Heisman Trophy winner back there, quarterback that can make up for stuff. But And I'm going to start with, with Kate. Like, I don't know Kate like you do. But he's a Knoxville Catholic guy, and um, I take pride in all of our guys from Knoxville Catholic. And I know Kay doesn't want to play right tackle. He wants to play right guard. And um, nobody understands that more than you do because I've had people tell me that know what they're talking about, um, whether they're had time in the NFL or been scouts in the NFL or coaches or whatever, that you potentially hurt yourself for NFL, you still got a chance to play and and and, and did play, but um, you know by playing out of out of pocket, by playing out of position, and so I know Kate wants to play guard, but sometimes you have to do what's best for the team, and I want to see how he responds to that, and I want to see if because he has all the physical tools and he even has that nastiness, but there can be a um, you can have a nastiness about you and still not be a dog. You can, you can be nasty and great. You one play, run a guy into the dirt and pancake him, sweet. But then what do you do the next play? And then what do you do a few plays later when someone may, may beat you? How do you respond? Do you, do you know, or if you go down and, and you do have a little bit of an ankle, do you, do you hobble off, be real dramatic about it? I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about in general. But you hobble off and you be real dramatic about it? Or are you a dog and are you tough like you say that you are and want to be? And you and you're and you be an offensive lineman, basically, is how I look at it. You you the you know, one of the toughest people on the field. And I just want to see how he responds. I mean, I don't think he had a great practice when we were there, and and I know he's got the talent. And uh, I mean, guy could be a first, second, third round draft pick if he wants to be. So I want, I'm going to be watching him. I mean, that's where my eyes are going to go. Like, let's see, not only because he went to Catholic and kind of know, but like, because we kind of know him and stuff, but like, I, I just, let's see somebody put it together. I want the pieces to be together. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with your sentiment. Like there are times in which, I am almost jealous of the amount of intangibles and skill that Kate has where like, obviously like I'm an athletic person. You have to be athletic to make it to where I made it, but I wouldn't say I'm the most athletic. I wouldn't say I have the best feet. I wouldn't say I'm the longest. I wouldn't say like, 
you know, that kind of stuff. Like I wouldn't say that I'm perfectly fit for it, but there's a lot of stuff that like Cade has that I didn't have, like the height, the length, the, the, the footwork, like he understood his technique before I ever did. Like I remember watching him as a younger, like freshman, sophomore in high school and he understood his technique. I literally remember talking with you when you were back at Catholic helping coaching and Cade was still there. And I swear he might've been like a freshman or sophomore because I, I was still, you know, around the program because of Logan. And you were like, I was like, dude, is he a big baby? Or like, is he really that good? Is he worth all this hype? And you're like, no, nah, I read he's incredible. Like he has the, like at, at 15 years old, you're like, he's got the feet and hands to be special in college. And yeah. I'm like, what? And yeah. but I mean, that's, you, you, yeah, that's exactly what I saw because my brother was playing with him. He was a year older. I remember I the first time I saw him, I went I went to a spring practice at Catholic because my younger brother was there and I was still at UT. And I was like, OK, why is this guy getting offers as a freshman? Like Tennessee had already offered him. I'm like, why is he getting offers as a freshman? Let's see what he's about. And just watched him and was like, OK, like I get it. Like he's going to get bigger and stronger, but right now as a freshman he understands okay i need to keep my hips square i need to have one hand on you know i need to aim for this breastplate like he understood that kind of stuff i think it was you know obviously his dad played at ut and had that experience and and you know coached him up through life and i that's where i was like okay he's got he's got one up like I didn't understand that kind of stuff until college. Like no one was teaching that in high school. But he also, so, but and he also just has the God-given talent. Like yeah, he also he just has God-given size and talent. And it's yeah. just like you can't like you can't coach size. Like and, guys and it, six six three twenty. Like it's yeah. It's and what you know you what? Need. And you know what? I, I will come up for a different one for the pit game. But I'll promise – I honest you, I'll be watching him again in Pitt because Pitt's defensive line and defense is going to be a heck of a lot better than Bowling Green's. Oh, for so, sure. So, for but sure. – um, okay. All right. Well, um, East and West predictions and, and Tennessee's season prediction and kind of uh, where, where we think we're going to be. Yeah, because – so, I mean, we can kind of mold this in, you know, obviously because it's like – we're looking at the SEC in general, but then also where do we see Tennessee ending up in that realm? SEC in general, I mean, what I see is on the east side, I think I think Kentucky is getting a lot of hype from people. And I know that they've had some good spurts here and there. I don't see them as a team that can really win the East. Yeah, what are you doing? Um, Wasting your time talking about Kentucky, bro. What's going no, on? No, I know. I, I, I'm I'm making a point because I've seen other people say that they're going to win ten games, and I don't I don't believe it. So I'm trying yeah. to get it out there. Like, don't believe that hype. I think Georgia is most likely going to win the East again. Um, not to say that Florida won't, you know have their hat in the race, but Florida will be Florida and something will happen. It almost happens like that all the time. So, okay. So your East prediction is Georgia. My East prediction is Georgia in the West. And I said this at the end of the year, last year, the one team that I'm going to be very curious about is Texas A&M because of how they finished the season Ranked number five, just outside of the college football playoffs. Jimbo Fisher is a good coach. He's shown that he's a good coach and could possibly make a run for the West. Now, uh, it's coulda, all- woulda, coulda, woulda, shoulda. <laughs> you got the balls to put him over Bama. Uh, Yeah, it's yeah, a tough question because because if you're like, hey, put your money where your mouth is, and it's like you got a million dollar bet to put on Bama or Texas A&M. What do you do? Yeah, I'm gonna put on, it on Bama. Like, right. That's what's gonna happen. And the reason now, I'm asking it, the reason I'm asking and saying this because I'm writing this down because I'm gonna remind you at the end of the year. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're gonna call me out on it, which is what I love. Um, but what I what I want. And what I think would be the best and what 
I think has a possibility to happen is Texas A&M knocking them off. I don't think there's any other West teams that can right now. I think LSU is kind of falling back down. I really don't think Ole Miss is ready for that smoke yet. And it's just Texas A&M seems like the one team that could have a little blip on Alabama's radar. So who's your West prediction? <laughs> I'll put I'll, uh, I'll put Bama. I mean, okay. I got I got right. to I got to stay win. with it until they so prove after, me wrong. I'll yeah. keep them up there. So after all that, you went chalk with UGA and Bama. Yeah. Let me just go ahead. Let me just go ahead and let you in on a little something. First Enlighten off, lighten me, please. First off, you do not go against Bama until they prove until you are proved wrong. I will never take anyone else. LSU, A&M, any of those teams, I'm not taking any of them until I'm proven different. Like, I would have to see Bama get beaten one year to then consider it for the next year. But that that's not happened yet. Or, I mean, you know, obviously LSU has won the West, but, like, I'm talking about where it's a traditional type thing. Yeah. So, I'm going Bama. And I think Texas A&M is getting this hype, and it's the same BS every year. Oh, they're going to do this, they're going to do that, and then it'll be – mid-October, and it's going to be number nine Texas A&M versus, like, number one or two Bama, and the spread's going to be, like, 16 and a half, and Bama's going to cover. And it's just like, this is what they do. Like, I just don't think Texas A&M's going to overthrow them. I think they're just a little full of hype right now. So, Bama's my West. And I think Georgia in the East is going to Georgia. They will screw this up somehow. I really believe that. I think Florida will almost backdoor their way in. First off, I know it doesn't matter about the SEC standings, but I still think Georgia playing Clemson first can affect how they, their season goes one way or the other. If they win that, one that's one thing. But if they lose first game of the year, like I said, it's not an SEC game, but I'm just saying it can still affect how they play. So my thing is I actually trust Dan Mullen as a game day coach way more than I trust Kirby Smart. Now, the talent that Georgia has is ridiculous, but Florida is Florida, and they always have good talent, and I trust Dan Mullen more. So I could see somehow Georgia beating Florida, but then losing games that they shouldn't, and Florida backdoors their way in. So I'm actually going to choose Florida. I know nothing about Florida. Like, I literally know nothing about them. I haven't looked at anything. I haven't delved into anything. This is just going on past and my gut feeling. So I'm going to say east is Florida and west is Bama. And then um, I'll let you finish the podcast off with where you fin- think Tennessee finishes. Um, I really do think I, I, if I was betting, am I am I going between five and seven and six and six? And and I I will go six and six. Um, I do think we beat. I'm I'm so nervous. Um, I've been telling people for freaking months now, and they're just now starting to believe me and my buddies. And they're like, yeah, Pitt is a huge game, maybe biggest game of the year. I told people then I would not be surprised if Tennessee was anywhere between a three, four and six point underdog at home, which I think people will hammer Tennessee as an underdog at home and get catching points, uh, for the spread and stuff. But, um, if we beat Pitt, I think six and six. And if we don't get a bull ban based on the ability, if we do, if we don't do that to ourselves, my prediction is six and six and that we, and we win, we go seven and six because we win a bowl game. That's, that's my, that's my final prediction. Okay. I mean, I agree. I, I, I like what you said about Kirby and Dan Mullen. I do kind of have that feeling about Kirby. Like I don't necessarily trust him in a game day sense. Um, that first game versus Clemson is going to be huge, but like, I feel like if they, if they lose a close one to Clemson, like they'll still have confidence going into SEC play because Clemson's going to be top three, like guaranteed. So it's, I mean, it's like, you know, you lost to one of the best teams in the country. It's, and it was close. Like you're still a very good team. Um, my, my, my thing about that, my, if I was playing the other side of it, with the hype that Georgia gets and the hype that is around them and they are not, they're trying to compete for the playoff. They're trying to get to the national championship. I I do think that 
Kirby's going to come in there and say, hey, guys, like, you played great. This is a great test. We got things we got to work on. And guess what, guys? This doesn't hurt us for our ultimate goal of winning the SEC. It's like, yeah, yeah, rah, rah, but, bro, these are 17, 18-year-old kids. If these boys flying high and they win that game, like, all right, here we go. This is what we're doing. But if you lose that game, it's like, damn, like, we might not even be making the college football playoff now. I'm saying either one of – like, you, you are right. Like, it doesn't actually hurt them from what they're doing. But I'm just – I'm just – that was my thought, so. Yeah. You know. I think if they still win the SEC, like, win the SEC championship, like, you're getting in. Yes, yes. That's pretty much what it is now. So, yeah. I mean, he can sell that to them. Right. Just be like, hey, just keep working. Like, if we win the SEC, we're good. Um, yeah. But, yes – you know, I was on the fence, too, with the final prediction for the season. Um, I think there's four games in which we should definitely win, which is Bowling Green, Tennessee Tech, South Alabama, Vandy. So that's four. I'm not confident enough yet to think there are two more games that we can just pull out and win. So right now I'm saying five and seven. And that's not a bad thing for a first season after what has happened to Tennessee football. The amount of people that have left, the, you know, sanctions that could be coming down, just just the shit show that was this offseason. That is not bad. And I think we can go five and seven and still do something that I said on the radio today is smack someone in the mouth. One of these big dogs, the Florida, the Georgia, the Bama, smack one of them in the mouth, show them that we're not this little brother, we're not this pushover, we're still going to come out here and play, we're still going to come out here and compete, and we're not just going to let you roll in here, score a bunch of points, win the game, and leave. Like, that's just, like, that's not it. This is a fight. Mono e mano, show me what you got because I'm giving full effort, and that's all I want to see. If we lose the game, we lose the game. But if I see effort out there, if I see people smacking people around, if I see flying to the ball, then I'm, then I'm, I'm a happy camper. Yeah. Just don't quit. Just don't quit. Just don't quit. Just keep bringing it. Don't, you know, it's so cliche and whatever. And uh, <laughs> as us Catholic boys know, I remember Mark Pemberton, we'd be up like, it'd, it'd be like halftime, be like 30 to zero. And he'd be like, scoreboard zero, zero. And it's because like he didn't want us to let up. And those other coaches in there like, all right, boys, scoreboard zero, zero. We're going to come back at him one, <laughs> one punch at a time. But on the other end of it, really don't. Like, you take your lumps. Just come back, fight. You never – ever know and especially with high flying offenses the way college football is now 14 17 18 point 20 point deficit it's nothing to come back from it's really not so don't quit don't quit like these guys quit on prove but um i think we get i think we i think we get bowling green all the ones you named bowling green tennessee tech south alabama and vandy and i'm saying that we catch south carolina okay and I'm saying Pitt. And, yeah, and I think we lose to – I think we lose to Missouri, unfortunately, and I think we we probably lose to Kentucky. But I I think we get – I think we get South Carolina. I really do. I mean, they're they're a first-year head coach also, so it's like – they're well, I mean, they're starting, they're starting quarterback. Their starting quarterback right now could be – he was a grad – he was a grad – he's a GA, like, a, well, yesterday, and now he's their starter almost. So <laughs> – so yeah. you know, and I don't know the talent they have down there. And we we usually play South Carolina pretty good. I mean, you know what I mean? Kind of like the whole Kentucky thing. Like even when Kentucky was really good, we still would usually find a way until until JG happened last year. So whatever. So Sheesh. Yeah. yeah, exactly. All right. I enjoyed this one. I enjoyed this one. I'm fired up because the next one will be freaking talking about the game and talking yes. about Pitt. I can't wait to actually break down yes. games and, and what's going on. I will say this before we, before we sign off. Don't expect a lot of pizzazz or things going on because 
coaches in their own right understand the competition between Bowling Green and the competition between Pitt. Hey, they might run a lot of inside zone versus Bowling Green and not even show some of their run plays that they would pull out versus Pitt or not even show some of their pass plays that they'll pull out versus Pitt because Pitt gets their film. They get to watch exactly you what really happened in the game. You, you really believe that? Is that something I know, that you guys – I know that. I know that for a fact. That, okay. that happened when I played. We didn't put out certain plays at that time. We installed plays before games. Just we installed – uh, uh, a play called Bentley and um, God, what was the one to the right? I can't remember what the one that was right before we played Alabama my senior year, and we killed them with it because they didn't see it. We didn't run it at any moment in the in the season before that, so they didn't have it on film. They didn't see it, and we pulled it out and killed them with it that game. So that that happens when we played Oklahoma both years. They their defense ran a four three versus their first opponent because it was an FCS opponent. It was whatever they were going to win by twenty anyways, and they ran a four three defense. What happened when they played us? They ran a bear. They ran that you know three four hybrid. So coaches don't want to show their hands on that first game. All right, I just sometimes think that like I sometimes just think that you know. You hear you hear that call on the radio, and it's like, yeah, we ain't gonna show them everything we got till we play Florida. And I'm like, there is some truth to that because you do game plan each week defensively for what the other team's doing, and then if you're a good coach offensively, you're going to find other wrinkles and just not try to, you know, fit what you do every week. And so I really do think that's what the best coaches do, like. My my man, best coach of all time that I've ever seen, Belichick. That man one week will come out throwing five wide, and the next week he's in I formation the whole game. It just depends on where he has his matchup. So it's cool to hear you say that because that's actually one of the things we've never talked about. But, you know, I guess I always look at it as like, no, nah, you got to win the game. But you're right. If, if you can win the game without showing those things, then, hey. And then, like you said, you add wrinkles each week. So And there's always aspects of the game. Like every single team has – Inside zone, outside zone, power, counter, sweep, toss in their playbook. So to put that on film is like, yeah, like we expected them to have an inside zone run. Like, yeah, that makes sense. But I'm not going to show you the formation that we're going to use versus right, yeah. it. Yes. We'll use a yeah. we'll use a basic ass formation versus yeah. bowling green. We'll run inside zone, but I'm actually going to move the tight end over here when we go versus pit, and they're not going to expect it because they didn't see it on film, they don't know that it's an inside zone coming at them. They think it's something else. So right. it's stuff like that that you can really change up and not show your hand completely um, that can give you an advantage in the games moving forward. Gotcha. So be prepared, anybody watching, that it might not be just like balls to the wall explosive and just like, oh, out of this world, they're running these crazy concepts. Like it might be more simple. Um, but yeah, appreciate you guys watching, listening, uh, very excited for game day tomorrow. Cause we're dropping this on Wednesday. Um, please rate, subscribe, like comment, favorite, follow all that great stuff. Let everybody know that this is the best podcast out there for Tennessee football. Um, I can't wait for the season to start. Follow us on social media at Kyler Kerbison on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, uh, at rbacon26 on Twitter for Reed, and at Believe in Tennessee on Twitter. Or is it just Believe in T-E-N-N? Yeah, that's all it is. But if you type in Believe in Tennessee, it'll come up. Yeah, yeah, you'll find it. So follow us all there. Um, I know I'm going to be live tweeting during the game. I'm sure Reed will also. So you can get like a little snippet of what we're going to talk about for the next week. Uh, and, uh, yeah, thank you guys again so much for the support for, for watching for, you know, just enjoying what we're putting out there because I know, you know, Reed said it before we're having a blast doing this. Like this is so much fun to us. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all the support. Um, and as always, go boss.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.